Oh, you mean you, you started yeah, recording like, in the middle of the sick joke you were about to burst out? <laughs> uh, yeah, in the in the uh, in the essence of time, we should probably just get going, lest you shit yourself at your death. <laughs> to that, I say, hooray! Friends apart. <laughs> Hooray! Uh, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to another episode of the best podcast on earth, uh, Friends Apart Podcast, episode seven, season two, um, 28. If you're OG and uh, you are into that sort of thing, um, with me as always is Franz. My name is Jason. Hello. Hey, guys. What's up? Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so, how you been doing, buddy? Uh, I'm good. Uh, I've been working a lot and um, just, I don't know, just enjoying this summer weather. I had my my birthday a couple couple weeks back, yeah, so that was weird. That's right. Because uh, I don't know, but I don't know about you. I always have a, I have a weird relationship with my birthday. Uh, I don't really like being the center of attention or being celebrated, so I always... Um, it's always it's always been a, it's a weird day because I also also hate being alone. I'm like fucking people don't nobody loves me. God damn it! But then when people shower <laughs> me with attention and gifts, and I'm just like leave me alone. I just want to. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's uh something I haven't really come to terms with yet in my 31 years of mm-hmm. living. Um, let let let, but let, it was let me good. just frame this from the perspective of of uh, a good friend who's trying to congratulate you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I sent you a voice message uh, on your birthday, <laughs> and uh, you didn't reply that day <laughs> or the next day. Even though the the, no, it was the, the three the, days the, later. the next day, I was like, "You're right, buddy," and there was still nothing. And I was like, "Yeah, f- fuck <laughs> you too." <laughs> uh, I'm either still un- hungover or uh... <laughs> no. I listened to it because you sent it at like. It, it arrived at like 4 a.m. my time or something. So I listened to it as soon as I woke up at 6 yeah. uh, or 5.30 for that matter or something. Yeah. Uh, and then I just completely forgot about it for two days. Oh, buddy, you're um, you're gone. You're totally gone. Yeah, can you hear me again? Yeah, what is going on? All right. All right, I don't know what, I don't know what the hell that was. Yeah. <laughs> I think my internet took a shit for like one minute. Yeah completely fuck well let's hope right, that doesn't we'll... happen again um yeah, i don't know yeah and with that we're back baby um we're back better than ever yeah and older than ever technically <laughs> that's true um uh, yeah i don't know man i'm kind of in a weird place right now yeah what's going on now i mean literally like i'm sitting in the bedroom now recording <laughs> 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 we 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 have some friends over and um uh they they came with their uh little infant child uh, uh oh okay f- four months of age and uh yeah so i i receded i retreated to the um to the bedroom to the boudoir yeah to to record um also got some sick audio in here with like all the cushioning and stuff so you sound great there's no echoey i i will say sometimes you sound echoey when you're in the kitchen yeah yeah that's true that's true uh, because the the uh kitchen is a place where my dreams die and uh, <laughs> so yeah um no and and the bedroom yeah it's it's 
you know, there's there's a reason why some people record their podcasts while sitting in a closet. I'm not talking figuratively. I'm talking <laughs> literally. <laughs> well, in some cases, sometimes both. Dude, I, I'm not sure if you've ever listened to the Theo Vaughn podcast. Uh, it's it's some 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 comedians out there. I think they're they're trying to send some very mixed mm-hmm. signals. <laughs> Mm. Oh well, no. But uh, <laughs> it's it's been great. They've been around for the last uh, two days, and uh, it's it's kind of you know it just changes things up, and uh, yeah, especially with the whole. I mean, I've I've basically just been caught in this like just hamster wheel of just you know work sleep work sleep weekend work sleep, and. Um, mm-hmm. The weekends were co- There's no tan gym or laundry in there. <laughs> that's that's true, but my girlfriend's also not snooky, so fuck that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I I'm I was quite happy to have like a change of pace for once, and uh, the, yeah. the little kid that they brought with them, um, I I would I would think it's theirs. Um, I hope so. Yeah. They well, would it matter? I'm not sure, but. <laughs> I mean, I'm still like. Let, let's be honest. You know, all this like this this really cheap movie trope that they keep bringing up over and over again about like how you know little like babies get keep getting switched up uh, at the maternity ward, basically. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, like honestly, what would keep you from from that? <laughs> what would keep that from happening? I mean, the 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 tiny meatballs, the the first couple yeah. of couple with the ace. I mean, they have ID tags and sh- and shit on them. I'd hope that it w- wouldn't be that easy, but I guess it's as easy as someone who's sleep deprived picking one up in the infirmary. Yeah, and th- is, is that and then just like putting it in the wrong basket. <laughs> they got like they got like ear tags like cattle. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's gonna come down to. Yeah, that or like ta- ta- like, like a chips, yeah like RFID tags or something. Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. No, but. I, I feel yeah. you. Hmm? I feel you on the uh, change up of change of pace, though, because like we've I've been in the same thing where uh, nothing's really changed for the last month. I would say it's just been like work, come home, do a little bit of renovation stuff before I'm like completely burnt out, and then just like eat, sleep, and then repeat for for the last month or so. Mm-hmm. And so like la- yesterday, we went to a, a backyard barbecue with some friends, nice. and that was really I got I really didn't realize how much I needed yeah. it uh that was that was really, that was really yeah. nice yeah totally it's like close friends especially like last week we last weekend we uh, stayed over at at my friend's place uh, a couple of kilometers from here and we visited a city that i've never been to and there's like just just this very very basic kind of changes you know uh seeing seeing a new city experiencing new stuff um connecting with with old friends um that really keeps you sane, I think, in the end. And uh, yeah, yeah. Do you think Elon Musk has friends? I was. I don't think anyone in that tour position has friends. I'm. Uh, I'm not sure. Obama and Biden seem to be great pals. Like they, I think those two guys, they like they had like swinger parties together, or whatnot. I'm. I'm <laughs> he's. They they seem very cool with each other. And even like Trump famously has friends. I mean they're mostly Russian, but they are friends. And Yeah. Well no, I think I think that like at that point you're only friends with like business partners yeah. and people who had your job before. Yeah. 
because it's the only people you can relate to. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, then again, he's he's. I'm not sure. Is he married to the mom of his child? Uh, like whatever. So, anyways, uh, like he has a has a partner, and uh, so, and I know that she's not in. Uh, she's she's I think an artist, right, a singer or something. Um, I thought she was a model. Oh, like, no, that was the last one. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, but but I mean, obviously, he has people that he connects with to some extent, but. Yeah, I think it's which is amazing because it's he's got so little time and it, um it amazes me that he he actually like has time to spend with his kids like on the every weekend. Just imagine having enough time to fuck. Like that's literally that's literally <laughs> something. I mean, if you're totally burned out at some point you just like limp dick all day long and uh yeah. just imagine all the pressure that he's under and stuff and he's still shooting it out there. Like fuck and mad respect for him good for you yeah. man yeah i mean he's got that spacex yeah. viagra technology you know well that's got to be it like where do you think why do you think it took so long to uh <laughs> or why the cyber truck's been delayed like the the roach has been delayed they're like invent me a new dick pill that's gonna supercharge the future <laughs> i mean it, i want my dick to be a rocket that'll get me to mars he must have had like the biggest heart on ever when he shot his roadster in space <laughs> I just imagined that. Like that's the biggest chat move of all time. Yeah. Uh yeah. Ju- just today I I saw uh you know Jordan Peterson, right? Uh yeah, and he, he was giving like a talk, like TED talk kind of thing and uh, he was talking about Elon Musk and he was like, "Just imagine you because Jordan Peterson's like a clinical psychologist, right? So he's his job is analyzing yeah. people and what he was saying is, you know, you encounter all those different kinds of people throughout your career. He's been doing that for like 25 years now, whatever. And after a while, you're like, I think I got people figured out. I mean, let's be honest. At, at a yeah. certain point when you had like a thousand plus clients um, that... You start to see a couple of patterns. Exactly. Yeah. And then he was like, and then there's people like Elon Musk and you just don't know what to make of them. <laughs> and yeah, I totally agree. Like, fucking hell! Did you see that tweet that that he posted? I think like two days ago of the Taliban in Kabul, uh, when uh, they took over power, and uh, Elon Musk po- posted yeah. a meme that said, "Jesus Christ, no one's wearing a fucking mask." It's <laughs> 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 like shit. <laughs> <laughs> But but also famously that uh, you know that he like PewDiePie has this format meme review and or had it anyways and he invited like stars to review memes and Elon Musk mm-hmm. together with Justin Roiland the bo- the two of them sat together in a room and <laughs> literally spent ten minutes reviewing memes and uh, what what a what a power duo that and is. it was kind of awkward because I mean both of them are socially very unpredictable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it the weird part is that obviously, I mean, Justin Roiland's like a, a just one of the funniest guys of all time, I think, and and a creative genius. But then you have like Elon Musk, who's not. I mean, everyone knows he's got a sense of humor to some extent, but you know that's not the focus of his his work. So. Uh, when he sat mm. there and was just losing his shit over this meme of a dead deer in the water. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and the caption said, something's wrong with my dog. <laughs> 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 and he 
<laughs> and he sat there and completely lost it. <laughs> the CEO of like multi-billion dollar companies <laughs> just sitting on a fucking internet meme show laughing at a dead deer. <laughs> Dude, the times we're living in. Is this a video I can find? Yeah, I sure. Just later. meme review um, oh, Elon Musk and then you, you're going to find it. Oh, I'm going to check mm -hmm. it out. I got to see this. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. And everyone was like memeing it like, um, PewDiePie, you have to get Elon Musk. You have to get Elon Musk because he's such a meme lord, you know? And uh, everyone was memeing it. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> he just hit us with a video of actually Elon Musk and Justin Roiland sitting there. <laughs> that, that was so <laughs> surreal. But Fuck, yeah. that's funny. What if, he, what if he's actually like, he doesn't think what he does is funny. He thinks it's actually... Uh, I don't know. He's just trying his best to fit in and feel cool, and it just happens to be extremely funny. Yeah, but mean, he's not mean, really you trying. Mean, you mean Elon Musk? Yeah, yeah. He's he's like he's like kind of trying to emulate human emotion, and uh, <laughs> the, his not the emotion itself, but his tries are so hilarious yeah. that we're just losing it over the AI. I think that's a high possibility. Makes me wonder if somebody who wasn't a billionaire who did the exact same thing as him would like be considered just as funny. It's something about the status yeah, that makes it sure, sure. It's like <laughs> if you would see like the Pope laugh at a gay joke. It's like you would you would mm -hmm. think that's the funniest shit ever. But if if you would see like I don't know like just a random dude on the street doing that, you would be like, dude, not cool. Like, come yeah. on. So does it? You know, there's a there's a weird thing that I notice. Like, do you find jokes in different accents, or like, yeah, like a stand-up comedian, for instance, yeah. in a different accent? Mm -hmm. Do you find certain accents more funny, even though if they're saying the same thing? That's a brilliant question because uh, some of my favorite comedians are uh, either British, Australian, or American. So, so that's definitely a very good point. Um, I I think yes. I think the classic like. If you look at what what um, oh what's his face ah uh, oh, fuck that that really famous British comedian uh, Afterlife was the show that he recently did Ricky Gervais when when he, when you yeah. watch his stand up um, he's very much into this classic like British pop banter kind of kind of comedy right um, yeah yeah that's good and if you know you couldn't have an American do that. I don't think that would work. Like the the pop culture and the kind of like the dry humor and everything. That's that's very British. Mm. And yeah, I I think that wouldn't work. Um, if you listen to like uh, this 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 Australian uh, fucking Jim Jeffries, um, mm -hmm. I think that guy's hilarious. I mean, he kind of he kind of I don't know. Went a little over the top recently because he just got super famous with his own late night show and, and whatnot. And uh, but but deep down he's still this like very just antisocial Australian who's <laughs> talking about stuff. And because as an I, I think for most quote unquote Westerners, um, uh, the Australian accent is, is quite funny just just by itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And it's it's kind of hilarious doesn't really matter what they are saying it's just how they say it but his kind of humor i think also mainly works with that 
Yeah. Then you. Uh, I. I. Yeah. Oh, that's no, our god. If you if you look at for example like um. Um. Uh, Louis C.K. Uh, I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm having trouble coming up with names. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> if you look, if you look at Louis C.K.'s joke, I think those are quite neutral. I, I don't think like it would matter. I think it would even be funnier if if like an Australian would. would I, I I'm not going to do an Australian accent, but if if like a if like an Australian would start <laughs> his stand-up special with abortion, is it like killing a baby or basically like shitting a turd? So. That was like that. Was, that was not me. That was a quote from from Louis C.K. Just just by the way. So um, hmm. I I think the way that for some things it's just the delivery itself, like the timing and stuff. But absolutely, um, yeah. I think the accent adds another layer to it. But for some jokes, it doesn't matter at all. I think. Yeah. So like uh, I think of Louis C.K. Uh, there's the one where he opens with calling the to- a toaster the N word. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think that I don't think that would actually be very funny if like a black person made that. Yeah. Joke. Good point. Because you're like, well, that it's ob- obviously Louis C.K. as a very very white person. Um, even yeah, though I yeah, think yeah. his dad's Mexican, right? I think he's not. I he's. No I, I think his dad's actually Mexican because he told the story about his dad having this weird un- uncircumcised alligator claw dick. Um, <laughs> so, so um, uh, I remember that. I I think he he's half Mexican, but his dad was already very white. So, um, so ethnically, he's he's definitely white. And uh, yeah, with with okay. him telling or like the, the 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 bit of like the <laughs> the the Starbucks employee making the shit out of his coffee. You remember that? Oh where, yeah, yeah. Where, where yeah. He was like he was so tempted to call him the N word. Uh, because he was like, that <laughs> N-word really made the shit out of my coffee. <laughs> yeah, see, like, that's funny when he says it, because it's like, it's just completely out of character. Yeah. So uh, there's a couple examples that you mentioned where the delivery and the timing. Mm-hmm. So one example, I don't know if you know Mitch Hedberg. No, no, I don't. So it's really hard for me to explain his style of humor. I really just need to send you a video. But yeah. essentially, it was this, like, very lilting sort of like conservative quiet talker and he always had like purple sunglasses and he was just i guess his character is that he was just baked out of his mind all Mm -hmm. the time Uh, and it was like kind of like things that high people say Mm -hmm. and uh, he was just like rice is is good when you're hungry and you want two thousand of something (laughs) oh i know that Um, joke i know that joke holy shit yeah (laughs) yeah or like i used to lie awake in my twin bed and wonder what my brother was (laughs) And uh, just like shit like that. That's <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, right, right. And and it's like it's not not it's not funny if you just said it straight. But in the character, it's funny. And then so the other example, probably he's a little controversial, I guess, for some. But uh, Frankie Boyle, I find uh, Scottish comedians to be yeah, very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, partially because they're just so vulgar, but also the accent really adds like an extra flavor to this to the same jokes that someone else might make. And um, I I don't think I ever laughed as hard as the time I heard Frankie Boyle. <laughs> like, um, I can't remember what it was. It was something about someone being on fire, and it was just funny as hell. Mm. There's there's also this um, comedian Jimmy Carr, who's also yeah, this yeah. very dry delivery. Um, like, 
yeah, I realized I was dyslexic when I went to a toga party dressed as a goat. It's like, <laughs> it's, I, I think there's something to the classic, um, you know, like one, two liner kind of, kind of jokes. And there's definitely not a lot of people that can, you know, pull that off. Um, mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I think that dry delivery definitely adds to it in that case. It it gets a little tough if someone has that delivery and he's not telling like one or two liner jokes, but he's um, mm-hmm. like trying to tell a story. I think that is actually quite tough to follow sometimes because that's so good about people like, you know, great yeah dyslexic fuck uh, storytellers like um like bill burr for example like he's the he's the uh-huh. epitome of you know not like flatlined speech he's he's very dynamic he's very expressive and um i i <laughs> just this i know i i think i actually have brought this up in the in the um podcast but just <laughs> this fucking this is psycho <laughs> this is psycho eyes <laughs> when, when he told the story of because he was he was in a specialty he used to talk a lot about um his bringing up in boston and how um you know he grew up in this very like uh blue collar um hard-working very simple family and uh he was he was talking about i think it was like ads that were uh, on billboards, um, you know, just mm-hmm. just on uh, across the street, and and he saw that, and he was like, uh, it was an anti-domestic violence uh, billboard that said something along the lines of, uh, yeah, just don't go home and beat your wife, you know. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> yeah, that, that was the whole thing, and <clears throat> he said, <clears throat> uh, sorry for that, <clears throat> fuck. So what he said is, just imagine the guy coming home from the factory, and uh, you know, just 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 getting home, uh, taking off his shirt, just sitting there on a couch in his wife beaters, and uh, then his wife comes along and is like, "So, honey, how was your day?" And <laughs> he's, he just stares at his wife with those Bill Burr psycho eyes. It's <laughs> like, "What the fuck do you mean? How was my day? Go in the kitchen and make me a fucking tuna casserole." <laughs> and it's like, and just you know, that's jokes that someone like a like like a Bill Burr that has this like. The serious anger mm. management problem, um, <laughs> and just totally just goes off on stage. Um, that's I, I think that's amazing. So I, oh. I, I think comedy is something, especially if you if you dig a little deeper and um, you know realize that. So I, I also listened to the Bill Burr podcast, and he's been talking about um, coming back from the the pandemic break. Um, to doing live gigs again and uh he he's like because his comedy is obviously very offensive um but also quite yeah. self-deprecating and he says uh ever since he came back from the break um it seems like his comedy has become more offensive and less self-deprecating so now uh-huh. whenever he leaves stage um he just feels like jesus christ bill 
you sound like a real ass out there. <laughs> um so so he's having a hard time getting back to it and that totally makes sense because you know it's it's an art form and if you don't practice it regularly it's it you you start losing it to some extent i mean you regain it but then you have to practice it and um i have just a tremendous amount of respect for stand-up comedians uh just imagine just imagine going on stage and trying to make people laugh holy fuck this seems like such I, a nightmare. I mean, there's a certain type of like personality that just like the same. Yeah, uh, that just drives you to do that. There's a really. I used to be obsessed with stand-up comedians like back when I was probably 15 or yeah. so, 12 to 15, mm-hmm. and uh, I got really into Dane Cook. Obviously, he was oh, like yeah. the biggest mm-hmm. stand-up comedian in the world for a long mm-hmm. time, and it was so funny because um, I also listened to. I forget what it's called. But it was like Jeff Foxworthy, Larry the Cable Guy, and that mm-hmm. other, the other one. Um, and uh, like I think it was like Jeff Foxworthy used to make fun of, or he used to complain that Dane Cook was so popular because he's like he doesn't even tell jokes. There's no jokes there. <laughs> he's not. T- he's not. He's not making jokes. There's no content. And um, yeah. and like I mean, it's kind of true. He talks to like he's like, yeah, I'm thinking, trying to think about getting a new vehicle something that's badass ba what's ba man <laughs> i need some ba and uh and then he's just like so i don't i mean i don't want anything cool like a like a, like a sports car and man that's no that's stupid i'm gonna, so here's what i did this is what i got i got one of these i got a cement truck <laughs> <laughs> so i'm driving around in the ct 2004 <laughs> and i'm like yeah okay there is no content but it is <laughs> content in the events that like you're making people yeah, laugh exactly. but yeah it's entirely in delivery there's no content yeah. if i was just like yeah so i was like thinking i bought a cement truck yeah <laughs> yeah so when when i went to la i went to a comedy club um it's actually it's it's not that so some of the greats have actually been there fuck let me let me just quickly look that up um comedy club Los wasn't the laugh just, no 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 it wasn't like the big 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 ones um but it was definitely like a it, it, at least for comedy people it's like more of a well-known spot it was quite small though um and obviously i went there on taco tuesday because i needed to get that in um obviously and yeah the comedians made fun of us for being there on taco tuesday which i thought wasn't very creative because like haha you want to save a buck that's funny um fuck no i can't i can't find it right now there's like a billion <laughs> comedy clubs in in la um so 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 anyway so uh there were oh the ice house there it is the ice house um and yeah so if any of our listeners have mm-hmm. been there i was there too maybe i farted the same seat that you're that you sat in like last week and now you got the same diarrhea that i got so, um, there was one comedian who just bombed. Like it was, it was horrible. He bombed so hard. Um, mm-hmm. and I never, I've never seen something like this. Like I've seen shitty musicians. Um, I've never seen someone bomb either. I, but, I've never seen. There's like been awkward ones. Yeah. It. But yeah. there was like they got laughs. Yeah. They got laughs. And the, I, I gotta really 
give it to us, you know, like the audience, because everyone was encouraging him. There was like not a whole lot of hackling going on, like just a little in the end, because some people were like, okay, he's just wasting our time at this point. Um, but then again, you know, you're not paying an entrance fee to go there. So you're just going in there. You get, I mean, you are paying something, but on Taco Tuesday, it's like a combo offer. So go to the, <laughs> to, uh. to the ice house on, on Taco <laughs> Tuesday, not a sponsor yet. And, um, so this guy bombed like crazy. And especially because. Was this like an open mic night? No, 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 no. It was, it up? was. Uh, there was even one comedian that I, I thought I recognized, and I, I saw him in some comedy like TV show at some point, um, but I, I didn't remember which one it was. But he was like the, like the headliner, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, he, he was great. Like he was, he was very offensive. He was, he was awesome. But um, I, I think the guy that bombed was like the second one out of four, I think, in total, or five. And, mm-hmm. ooh, I mean, I've never been to a comedy club before because those just aren't, they just aren't a thing in Germany. I, I think they exist, but there's only a few ones, and it's... Probably in Berlin, for Yeah, sure. and Cologne is also quite, quite well-known for, for their comedy scene, but it's still, you know, it's we don't have a big stand-up scene here, and German comedians are... I don't know. Maybe it's an issue with the la- with the language. I'm not. I'm not sure. There's a one comedian. It's like Ma- Martina something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Martina who? Um, she's yeah. yeah, but she's not a stand up. She's just she's a sketch comedian. She used to be an improv, I think. Um, but she's not, as far as I know, at least she's not doing like stand up comedy. And mm. stand up is it? It is a thing here. We have some very very famous stand up comedians, but the 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 kind of humor that they have is like, it's just, I mean, I'm sorry to bring that up. I'm not meaning to offend you, Jason, but it's like boomer humor. It's, ah, okay. it's, you know, women are dumb. Ha <laughs> ha. That's like, that's like mm. the whole joke. And, uh, that one guy, he once filled up the whole Berlin Olympic stadium with, with those jokes. And th- I think there's like over a hundred thousand people that fit in there. Um, Oof. And it's it's crazy, and I don't know. I saw him live two once. I I gotta hand it to him. Like he really he owns the stage when he's on there. Like he's got a hell of a presence. And um, it, I I I laughed a few times. I'm I'm not gonna lie, but it's it's like you know, it's like with music. Sometimes you listen to the CD and you're like, meh, it's not my kind of thing. Then you see see it live and you're like, well, it's kind of cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, but. I think I mean obviously LA is like the breeding ground for a lot of a lot of comedians, um, but seeing someone bomb like that gave me even more respect for what people are doing. You know, like comedians, because that's what happens. Like that happens to all of them sometimes. I mean, maybe not even more if they're professionals, but uh, if no one knows you, you you gotta. You got a hard, hard position to defend there, buddy. <laughs> that's 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 not yeah, easy. Yeah, you. Uh, I always wonder like how much var- how much variation there is in their in their material because mm-hmm. like ostensibly they did well enough before that because like they they have to workshop their routine yeah so much before it's like polished to a point where they can actually do it in front of thousands of people. Yeah. So I wonder like the day before the week before they had like 
a good set and they're like maybe i'm gonna change it up and change it to something that they thought would be more funny and then it was just way way worse which like kudos to them for for doing that sort of market research god i couldn't yeah especially because usually when you do like market research like that it's it's either well people like your stuff or they don't but it's it's got nothing to do with you personally if people don't laugh when you tell a joke that's just a horrible feeling in general for for everyone i think but especially if you're on a stage in front of thousands of people um or on camera in front of you know millions of people um yeah yeah especially because they're there's a transaction there (laughs) like they paid to be entertained and they're not being entertained oh god there's i just recently rewatched bo burnham's uh, what special he Uh, was like 22 back then just imagine being 22 and stepping on stage as as a stand-up and i mean you can tell that back then he wasn't as good at singing as he is now um Mm -hmm. and he was just the kind of jokes that he made. Like there was this one joke where he uh, made like an intermission kind of thing, and there was just rock music playing, um, and he was sitting on the stool and uh, like mimicking jerking off. Like that was the that was the whole bit. And just imagine <laughs> the balls on this guy because he must have workshopped it. Like as you were just saying, he he workshopped it and you know in front of some crowds and uh, he must have bombed with that at at some point for sure oh my god but yeah people are just like get this guy out of here yeah but because he's so good at like dealing with awkwardness i i can can you imagine anything more intimidating than being in a in a debate with a comedian they mm. are so quick-witted and and just fast it's their brain is just wired differently the 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 comebacks they Mm. that they do it's 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 crazy even if it's completely outside of 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 their um of a bit that they're doing it's it's crazy yeah and uh yeah it's it there's this there's this one uh it's like a and I don't know if it's a talk show or something, but uh, there's this famous clip of Bo Burnham where he's sitting together with some older seasoned comedians. And he's basically just giving them shit for being old and white. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just see that he immediately just earned the respect of of the other comedians, the way that he just was, you know, so fast with his comebacks and stuff. So mm-hmm. that's that's very ad- admirable, but I think that you have there's a certain kind of talent that I think you you need to have in order to be able to do that, and then obviously hone that craft like crazy over years and years and years. Yeah, I get the same. Imp- I get just as impressed with like people who can freestyle rap that that Holy good. Holy shit! Yeah, that's impressive. Like I don't know how that's possible. Yeah. There was like some video of uh, uh back when like uh like biggie smalls was i I think he was must have been like only fucking like i want to say 14 or 17 or something probably 17 Uh, it was just like this shitty camcorder footage of him like freestyle rapping it was like a rap battle in the middle of the street somewhere and it was like it sounded as rehearsed and 
as on point as his like actual records. Yeah. He was like 17 yeah. and he had like that deep voice then too. And it was just it was, like, it was just, it was incredible. Yeah. I can't even imagine. And it wasn't any of like the, the kind of like crutch filler words that people <laughs> use nowadays. Like it yeah. was like, he was like telling a story all the top of his head. I'm like, this is, this is amazing. Yeah. I could never do that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, there's there's some people out there, and and I think that's also why there's, I mean, if you're honest, there's probably only like a dozen or so comedians out there, but also rappers out there. We like they're that successful, but they're also that talented mm-hmm. because obviously there's always you know you have some people, especially nowadays, that that are out there because they're marketable and they're reasonably talented, but they're like yeah. for example, one of um, the guys that I'm just so impressed by is Machine Gun Kelly. Like this guy, at, at first I was kind of, I was a little deterred uh, because he he looks like like a mumble rapper. Like <laughs> he 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 looks like the ki- the kind of musician that I usually wouldn't like. Um, but he is. He's amazing, dude. Like he can sing. Like he can really sing. Uh, he can rap. He can uh, play the guitar real good, actually. Um, he's a brilliant songwriter, <clears throat> and he just captured the zeitgeist in his, his music in a way where you're like, "Shit, that's impressive." Um, so he's one of those examples for me where I'm like, "Yeah, he's he's up there, and he's up there for a reason." And uh, it's just like, even though. Probably I might get some hate for that, but I mean Justin Bieber is kind of the same same phenomenon. Like he literally got discovered because of uh, because of his YouTube videos. So that's like kind of like the Bo Burnham story. Yeah, like yeah. he's obviously talented. Yeah. Sometimes I have to wonder though, like, um, so they start like I've noticed a lot of artists now, like, used to have like big names, and it was always kind of like this this big name group that would just circulate over the course yeah. of the year or two years because they would like release albums and then then people who had released albums the year before would do it and so then like it was this kind of circulation but now it seems like there's just like every single week there's like a new name on the yeah. radio mm-hmm. and um and then like they're like really poaching people from youtube more than ever like this um girl tate mccray you might have heard no I- um, no idea she no was idea. Okay, well, she was just like some random YouTuber who was like making YouTube videos in her bedroom or something yeah, for years. Yeah. And then um, she has like this weird voice that's like unique. And I guess they capitalized on that. And now she's all over the radio. Mm. Um, but there's this one guy <laughs> named the Kid Leroy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was I was just I, I'm looking at his name right now, actually, because he's number one of the charts. I was just looking that up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he he. I mean, he's he's done a song with Justin Bieber. This guy has one of the worst singing voices I've ever Ooh. heard. Like, it's just like it's so. It's and it's not like it's not charmingly rough. It's it's like offensively rough, and uh, and just like pr- pronunciation is is weird, and I just, I don't get how. I mean, he doesn't sing well. I've heard him sing. I don't think it's good. Um, and auto-tune exists. So, like, hmm. I'm sure they used auto So, like, what about him 
brought like got him to this position that's what i want to know because i have not heard anything that i am but the least bit impressed with i think it's always a combination right of just being somewhere you know right place right time kind of thing um yeah for me someone that i um i i think i i don't know i mean i know songs by her but i'm you know i never really got into that is billy eilish 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 mm-hmm. uh eilish i mean she <laughs> she was the first person where i was like i completely missed out on that there was mm-hmm. the first time where i was like shit okay there was like this big you know um decade music turnover that just happens and yeah. she was definitely like up there uh initiating this new like decade of music now uh, in pop at least and i'm like i have no idea what what she is and then i then i uh obviously i listened to bad guy once and i was like well i mean it's a, it's a decent song um but with that that kid, kid Leroy is his name right I yeah. just listen to the song, and it's just a lot of auto tune. It, it it literally just is. So mm. I totally get your point. It's like, is he maybe a great songwriter? I, I don't know. I don't know. He seems like he he looks like he's sixteen. Like he doesn't. How could you be around long enough to develop to develop like a a song library? That's, Dude, have you have you that, um? seen this video of Bruno Mars when he was like six or something and he was already on TV as an Elvis impersonator. Um, <laughs> no. That's how you do that because some of those guys, I don't know for Kid Leroy, no idea, but at least for Bruno Mars, I know that he's been at it. Like, basically, he, he shot out of his mom's womb and he was like, yeah, I'm going to do music. <laughs> so, that's why I'm here. So, step aside, bitches. <laughs> And uh, I think there's people like that out there. And maybe Kid Leroy was one of them. Maybe not. Maybe he just knew Justin Bieber and Justin Bieber owed him a favor. Uh, I don't know. No idea. Yeah, maybe. But yeah. So it's kind of frustrating seeing that you, you know, we we start missing out on things. Or we, we start not getting why some things, uh, you know, popular right now um or someone is is popular yeah. now but i think it it always worked that way and uh i mean let's be real here i mean we're both i mean you're over 30 i'm i'm strongly going <laughs> i'm strongly going there um and the, the the people that are mainly listening to to like billy eilish and and kid Leroy and whatever are, are probably like what 16 18 20 maybe well yeah, yeah. I'm sh- I'm sure that's all it is cuz like there was probably artists when we were younger that uh I mean I didn't listen to pop music I don't listen to pop music but that would have existed that our parents were like what the fuck Bitch, like you listen to people? Taylor Swift don't 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 try that you know try to sw- sweep that under the rug I think she's a good songwriter I don't yeah, um, I'm, just, I'm just saying I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not condemning <laughs> you for listening to that. I I'm just saying you are definitely listening to to some sort of pop. 
So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah no, no. I, I, it's not that I don't listen to a- any pop at all. I just don't listen to like I don't actively seek out like new pop ah, music. I see. Okay. Yeah. I never really have. Yeah. Okay. To to be fair though, and I mean that's fairly niche. I'm I'm aware, but um, when it, when it comes to metal, like new metal, um, I I was talking to some some colleagues of mine who who are also into metal, and and we realized something that might be the reason why we're not getting into popular music whatever yeah it's i have not discovered as many new artists um as i've listened to new albums of old artists throughout the last Mm. i don't know 10 15 years maybe 10 years i would say yeah 10 years probably so um I've gotten into metalcore, like that changed. That was that was like the major thing that I li- did listen to up until maybe I don't know, yeah, five years ago something or four years ago maybe. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but apart from that, I've been listening to new records from you know bands that I was already listening to. So um, I think that's just kind of how it goes, and that's kind of how you lose touch. Um, you know, over yeah. time, because you're not really following along new stuff. You're basically like, "Whoa, there's a new Metallica out!" So, well, cool. I'm gonna listen to that, and then you're just complaining about how their music got worse and worse, and uh, <laughs> then you just end up completely frustrated and <laughs> don't want to experience anything new in life anymore because because you feel new things are yeah. Because well, you have this like cozy comfort zone of music yeah, that you know yeah, and like, yeah. and um. But like I, I mean, I've kind of been exploring this as a, as just like a psychological concept for like the last decade because there was a, in, I mean, it was so easy in high school. Like I had this echo chamber of people who I shared commonalities with in terms of music and uh, and like guitar and guitar playing guitar was such a catalyst for discovering new music because I was like, oh, I'm looking for something to challenge me on the instrument, and so yeah. that drove me to find music that challenged Mm me on the instrument and um now that i've been so busy like like uh, when i was in university and now that i'm just working professionally i don't have time to play guitar that often anymore and i find that i my music discovery has has really slowed down and like i don't have many people that i share music interests with in terms of metal anyways like um and so it's it's really just been me like discovering it on Spotify or like Reddit. There's like the progressive metal subreddit and yeah. stuff. But also the the reality I think is that like genres, there's like trend genres. So like Gent kind of came about in um, when did Peripheries first album come out? It was like two thousand and eight, two thousand nine. I think it was two thousand six. Actually, it was was quite early. Yeah, yeah it might have yeah. been. Um, and then and so like. Right around Periphery 2, that's when I, like, I mean, Protest the Hero. I've been Protest the Hero since their first album. Um, but it was, like, Periphery 2 uh, really kick-started this whole th- thing for me. And then, like, but then that genre became super saturated with a lot of bands that were just copying certain elements. And there was, like, no real soul or, or like, quality behind it Mm -hmm. it was just kind of like copying these like certain rhythmic Mm -hmm. elements that periphery used in other bands um and then so like that eventually gets old and dies out um and 
and but then the the other thing is that um you can go through content much faster than content comes out so like eventually you can catch up to the current and then you're like right there just waiting with everybody else for the next little juicy morsel to come down the pipeline especially with with albums coming out like every three or four years or so so um depending on the artist obviously but um yeah that's that's definitely a good point um yeah i think one point that you mentioned is is very important for musicians in general that you know you you seek out stuff that challenges you to play um recently i i don't know how i just i was just sitting at work just (laughs) fucking bored and i was like well what's up with incubus like are they still around (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I've never actively listened to them, so that was just kind of a strange one. Because I mean, there's like those two songs that everyone knows, like "Love Hurts" and "Drive." Like those were just you know huge, huge hits all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. Know, there was just the band never really particularly struck me as, as very interesting. Um, but I remembered that I I once. I oh, fuck I can't talk anymore. Sorry, dude. Um, that I once saw a live performance uh, of them um, at uh, Rock and Park. So there's this mm-hmm. giant German music festival. Um, yeah, yeah. And I remember that that I was like, "Fuck, that's in Cubus." Like, they, the singers, fucking amazing. Like, dude. Um, yeah. And. I still remember that, even though I don't remember a particular song. So I just, you know, went through their essentials on Apple Music. And uh, I was like, damn, they're really, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I, I, I took that song mm-hmm. Drive where I was like, because of my vocal lessons right now, I'm trying to expand my range anyways. And I, yeah. I noticed that that's kind of like the outer rims of my range that he's singing. I was like, mm-hmm. cool. So I'm going to try sing that. So I sang it and I was like, damn, that's cool. So now I want to play it because like the guitar is very, um, it's only like six chords basically. Uh, and it's very simple successions. But now, like, fuck, what are those chords? What are those chords that he's playing? Those were like crazy <laughs> jazz chords. I'm like, damn, that's impressive. I I would not have figured. And um, then I learned how to play that. And and now I'm like, well, yeah, Cubus is actually quite a very cool band. I respect them not just on a you know, I like to listen to them level, but also on the the musical level. Yeah. And I think uh-huh. for everyone who plays a an instrument and who starts learning songs and who notices that, damn, those songs that are so popular. But they're not just popular because they have a good melody that everyone knows, but it's also because it's just crafted in a in a beautiful way. Um, yeah, and that's yeah. another level that definitely, as a musician, um, you you yeah, realize. You definitely yeah. see things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see things from a, 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 an extra perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, Incubus, I don't know much about. I'm not even sure if I know the song "Drive." I might recognize it's this, it. Um, Whatever tomorrow brings, I'll be. Oh there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, okay. Um, but the uh, the song I know most for them was actually uh, they made a song for the Halo Two soundtrack. Oh, actually. they did. Cool. Um, yeah, and it's a banger of a tune. Like it's it's like pretty, pretty, um, fl- pretty fast guitar work. Do you know, do you know what's it and, called? Like, 
Uh, I feel like it's called Ark of the Covenant. Okay, I, I'm just gonna Google it anyways. But, um, yeah, I'm go- I'm gonna yeah, yeah, look yeah. at that. Cool. That's I didn't know uh, that. That's cool. Um, yeah, no, the, it's a really good tune. And so did Breaking Benjamin. They did a, a song uh-huh. for, or no, might not have done it for that. They just it was like an instrumental mm-hmm. version. Um, cool. Yeah, that was um that was really fun. It's always cool to like discover like rediscover bands from a different perspective that you previously had no interest yeah. in and you're like wow this is actually not bad definitely definitely um there's a couple of bands actually that i kind of rediscovered i think but there's also bands uh that that i discovered and it turned out that they only produced like three songs and then just split <laughs> that's that's uh, always kind of frustrating worst, yeah. but what was the most eye-opening moment uh with one of those bands, well, it was a particular musician that, um, as is just mentioned, was kind of omnipresent in the past, um, but I haven't really heard of them in a while. Is Chris Cornell? Well, it turns out he's dead, um, and oh. he's been for like four years. Um, I didn't. Know yeah, that. he was actually best friends with Chester Bennington from, you know, wasn't he from the Smashing Pumpkins? No, no, no. He was Soundgarden and Audio Slave. Soundgarden. Oh, okay. I know nothing of Chris yeah. Cornell. I don't know any so of his songs. I, I know people like rave about his. So, his just because I know that you're also a music nerd, just get into some of that stuff that he's done. So, Audio Slave is Rage Against the Machine, just with Chris Cornell as a singer. And uh, oh, really? yeah, it's Tom Morello on the guitar, and it's it's. How did I not know? Yeah, that? it's <laughs> seems like something I would right. It, I, I thought the same thing. I, I went to Apple Music, and that's like literally <laughs> the first thing that pops up, like in the description, is like oh. it's Rage Against the Machine without the singer, and they. Substitute. All right, I was like, Audio Slave, just another one of those shitty '90s no, bands. Like that I never cared they're about. literally a super group, and they. Um, I I only got to know Damn, them okay. because of the vocal coaching, because uh, my vocal coach is letting me sing stuff from Chris Cornell, which is kind of, well, frightening, um, and. <laughs> If you just listen to his stuff, and I can... So, the most famous song from Audio Slave is uh, Like a Stone. And there is an acoustic version. And just do yourself the favor. Listen to the normal album version, which is already amazing, I think. It's it's an awesome song. Um, but then listen to the acoustic. So, the normal version is already very, very, very high. Um and he's got a style of singing where he's like very he's very legato he's he's very um it f- almost feels like he's not breathing in between and uh mm-hmm. he reaches very high notes with an ease that is that is incredible and then he took that song and played it acoustically just him with a guitar and because well, ostensibly, the chords were too hard for him to play and actually perform the singing simultaneously. Right. Um, he kind of transposed it, and he transposed, like, I think one or two uh, tones higher. And he mm-hmm. still reaches those notes just like it's nothing. It's insane. This guy is, is was, sorry, out of this world. Like, he's crazy. So um, I've gotten into him, and I'm like, damn, holy shit. So what else did he do that I might have known and that just slipped by me? Turns out the Casino Royale soundtrack. Um, oh. Well. <laughs> that was him. 
that's fucking him. Oh, he wrote the whole thing? I'm not sure if he wrote it, but he sang it. So um, just, just you know, get into the stuff. Listen to those things. And you're going to be like, oh, fuck, that's Chris Cornell? Of course I know Chris Cornell. If you listen to Soundgarden, um, there's two songs. I, I'm sorry, I'm so bad with names. But there's two songs, the most popular ones on Apple Music. It, it's just going to go there, and you're going to listen to them, and you're like, damn, that's Chris Cornell. Okay, I, I knew who that guy was. I just had no idea that it, that was him, you know? So... Um, and I remember when he died because he he died uh, a couple of months earlier than than Chester from Lincoln Park, um, and also mm. killed himself. And everyone was like, uh, "Oh shit, we've lost like one of the greatest rock singers of all time." And and now I know why. It's absolutely impressive what what he does with his voice and and just the kind of music that he performed. He he was like this this grunge and post grunge era was was where he excelled at and it's it's insane so i'm really highly recommending that to everyone who wants to you know um maybe yeah. re-listen to some of the music that you've I heard know black hole Sun, exactly for sure exactly exactly yeah that's that's chris cornell so yeah um with that i think we should end the podcast i'm actually getting get this a call on a landline wow. yes i you have a yes, landline. Yes, and I'm not as old as you, so damn. But, um, yeah, <laughs> the only person that calls me on the landline is my mom, so probably it's important. Yeah. Um, so with that, I'm going to end it here. Thanks, mom. Fuck. Uh, shit. So, um, yeah, um, follow us on twitter at friends of our pod uh if you enjoyed this episode if not still follow us we like we desperately need the the attention and the the you know just i need validation otherwise our life is worthless so um yeah thank you jason for participating in this this um pleasure as always senseless uh operation and uh yeah talk to you guys next week bye thanks bye